Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, a bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where hosts have lots of opinions, but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a little jokes, we give you insight into the film, and we pick up a games at the end. I'm your host, Adam, I'm joined by the maestro. <laughs> hey, guys. Yes, and also by the cowboy. It may not be a bottle of Jerkins lotion, oh, no. but if you pump me right, I will squirt. Oh, okay. Oh, this week we continue our quarantine block of episodes. Apparently, Cowboy's been quarantined too long. Uh, <laughs> so we're picking movies that we like. Uh, this is a this is a Maestro movie. Since theaters aren't putting movies out there as often for us to make choices on, we're sinking to our lowest lowest resort and letting Maestro pick our movies. We've got a bleeder. Yeah. So, oh my God, uh, from since two thousand eleven. This movie is called Paul. This is directed by Greg Motola. It stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Seth Rogen, Jason Bateman, Bill Hader, Joe Lo Truglio, Truglio, and Kristen Wiig. Truglio, the guy from the Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, Charles. Nine-Nine. My, son, my son's best friend's name is Paul. Is it? That's, oh. that's all I have to add to this podcast. All right. Here's a synopsis, and we'll get into our thoughts of the film. Uh, of the movie. Uh, two English comic book geeks traveling across the U.S. encounter an alien outside Area 51. Have you seen this movie before? Uh, I made sure I chose this one, so I'm going to go to Cowboy first. Oh. Um, <laughs> no. Have, no, I have not. Have you heard of it? And No. No, I have <laughs> not. Um, and, and because it was a Maestro pick, uh, Low expectations. I sat down and I was like, <laughs> all right, babe, talk to my, my wife. Um, I've got to watch this movie for podcasting. Uh, you want to watch it with me? She's like, what's it called? I'm like, it's called Paul. She's like, what's it about? So I read her the synopsis. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and turn it on. Um, I have my phone. I'll start <laughs> listening to a book on Audible if it's right. not my thing. Be quite honest with you. We both thoroughly enjoyed the fucking All movie. Right. Have you seen uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost together before? Like in Shaun of the yes. Dead? And, yes. Uh, what was the other one with the, with the cemetery? Hot Fuzz? Oh, Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Yeah, At no, World's yeah. End. At World's Sergeant End. Sergeant Angle is... Okay. Cool. All right. So you're aware of these guys. Did you, did you know they were going to be in this movie beforehand? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just didn't know I was in the mood to watch something like this. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I, I honestly was pleasantly surprised that the fuckballs, the <laughs> the the man come, oh, the all the farty buttholes. Yeah, all the farty buttholes that was coming out of this movie. It's <laughs> phenomenal. All right, Maestro, why why did yeah. you? Uh, pick this movie. Okay, the reason why I picked this movie was because um, we just passed not too long ago. Comic Con was supposed to be Comic Con July, right? Yeah, the yeah. San Diego version, the uh, the biggest version on this coast, precisely. And there was not too long ago there was this uh, bit about Area Fifty One being like uh, that's uh, right. Yeah, because everyone was trying to go to Area Fifty One and Naruto running, which is really weirder. And then. Um, there and there was another bit about how people start saying there's proof about aliens even more so even to more mainstream TV. So I was like, "Oh, this is perfect! This is perfect!" All right, and, and finally, you gave me a chance to put something on the show. So I'm like, "Yes, let's do it." You got so many chances recently. All right. How dare you? All right, so I, I, I have seen this before. This is the first time watching it since the first time I watched it, so I guess technically that's... Hold on. Carry the one. This is my second time watching it. Uh, carry the one? <laughs> what do you mean carry the one? There's no carry the one on a one okay. plus one? That's, that's called uh, that's called the joke there, Mr. Hey! I didn't use as many curse words this movie decided to use. Although I got to say, for me, the best part of the entire movie was Kristen Wiig. <laughs> the the uh, super uh, Christian girl that gets all of the memories and the knowledge of this alien being planted into her and then becomes a very, I think, lovable character. 
I loved her character when she was the holier than thou uh, uh, epitome of the holier than thou Christians. Yes. <laughs> or, or religious. It doesn't matter. It could be Christian, Catholic, whatever, you know. Um, oh my God, it was great. Like, there's there's nothing exists outside of earth and heaven like it doesn't exist it reminds me of a story i heard on the news the other day some flat earthers uh got got lost and they they used a compass to find their way and (laughs) i i think it was i i i can't i think it was kfi i was listening to and um i can't remember the host but he's like well wait a second he's like Flat earthers using a compass, they don't believe in compass because if the earth was flat, there'd be no magnetic field. Right. Well, if it was flat, there'd be a lot of things that we would not have. Like traveling to China uh, in a short period, <laughs> period of time uh, by flying across the ocean. Uh, outer space, you wouldn't see a sphere. You would see a dome, a flat spot, and then a dome. Yes, but every picture we have from space is from a Hollywood sound lot. So, oh yeah, yeah. That proves this point to you. <laughs> Just like when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, it was in a stage. Exactly. Yeah. Everything from outer space. Have you seen TV shows these days? They can make space look very real. I mean, how do we know uh, there's not a serenity out there? I mean, like, what's that, what's that movie Gravity or or something like that? What's it called? Yes, Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Doctor. Speaking of gravity, don't you think that if the flat Earth was a flat Earth, don't you think the water would have fallen out by now? Yeah. No, it's held in. It's held in by the glass dome, mm-hmm. and we're just waiting for that big alien to shake it, and then that's when the snow falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we live we live in a snow globe. So Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, uh, <laughs> they were. <laughs> I think they're an amazing duo. They they are very good. Uh, as I mentioned before, the movies they've done together, I think they're all fantastic movies. Was that Sausage? Sa- I, are they in Sausage Party? No. They're not, right? That's no, 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 no. no. The, the, they said, like, no, no, the endearing words that Simon Pegg tells Nick Frost, he calls them Sausage. Oh, I don't remember that part. <laughs> maybe, there's, a good, uh, there's a good maybe about, like, five minutes where he... Nick Frost talks to Paul about how he doesn't like being called sausage. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. No, I, th- I think they're great together. I think this is the worst movie they've done. That's not to say it's a bad movie. It just compared to the, all the other ones they've done, this is on the lower end of the spectrum for me. Uh, I, I think at the top of it is Shaun of the Dead, then Hot Fuzz in a very close second, and then the other ones kind of just are there. See, this is why I was very confused, because when I picked this movie, I was expecting you to really enjoy this movie because of all the jokes and the inside uh, little trivia that you have about everything that's science fiction from the 70s all the way up to now. There's a lot of nerd things in here, which I should latch on to. But the story itself was... uh, It was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't as strong for me as the other movies, as Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Th- those are very great movies to me. And Did you know the twist was happening? The twist of? The the guy that was hunting the oh, okay. alien, to, it was it, actually his friend? No. And in fact, I think, the, I think the way they pulled it off was also not very good. Because there, there was times where he but was... But you didn't know about it. Right, because it, he was literally trying to kill them. Until, like, oh, no, I'm on your side. Like, Hold on a second. If you were really on their side, there's a lot he of wasn't, scenes he, I have he issues wasn't, with. He wasn't trying to kill the alien. He was trying to give, give them a chance to get away. I don't know. Every single time. That's why, why he didn't want those kill. other two buffoons to know what they were looking for, because then they would actually really try and capture him. But then there was scenes where he was like fighting with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Willie and Clive, Graham, 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 <laughs> Graham and Clive. Clive, Graham and Clive. Uh, it just it the, it was those scenes where he was so against them. It was like he, when the churn came, it was like all right, I don't I don't buy it. The, 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 I really there weren't enough clues to make me think. Oh, you could be on the other side. Well, this this wasn't freaking Blue's Clues, dude. There wasn't like blue paw prints on things when you're watching the movie. 
And there was no jazz. There was no Aretha Franklin number. Yeah, right. I feel like oh, this that's movie. Blues Brothers, my bad. Okay. I, I feel like if you watch this movie now with your your beer goggles, I guess is what they're called now. Yeah, 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 yeah. First you probably all, might have a better, have a lot more fun. If we're calling it that, they're whiskey goggles. Oh. Uh, but uh, spoilers is what you think. I, I don't know. And maybe it's the spoilers goggles that we're looking at it too closely. And uh, and once, like I said, once the turn came, to me it was ridiculous. Like there's no way. See, I've been watching movies with you guys for so long that my spoilers goggles have destroyed a lot of movies. And I must say, this is one movie that partway into the movie, when I had my first laugh in the movie, uh, I forgot the spoiler goggles on my nightstand. And I just kind of just enjoyed the movie. Uh, so much. To the, my favorite part was at the end when he's going up in the spaceship. He's like, "Sorry, guys. For some reason, this thing lifts off very slow. I know it's awkward. You know, like, sorry. It's taking a while to lift off." I, I, I have to agree with you because usually lately I've been writing notes for movies. I didn't write a single note down for this one because there wasn't a scene that I was like, "I need to write this down to remember it because this is so dumb." There were a lot of parts of it were were dumb, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I got to bring this up. It was more like a, okay, I see, I see the joke you're going for there. Uh, uh, all right, you get a chuckle out of me, but you don't get a lol. No, okay. <laughs> I was I, not. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I really did. I really did like every character's um, position that they played in the film. They each each person had their own bit that they had to play in there, and it was perfect every single time. Like for instance, Trujillo or what his name is? Yeah, Trulio. Trulio, his his bit went in the in the in the he in was, the store. We trying to touch the balls. Yeah, he's he's super Charles though. He, he is he's exactly the same character from you know, I know Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> yeah, and Bill Hader. I mean, that guy's been impressing me so much lately. He it, there's a TV show he has called Barry, which is I think it's on HBO, where he's basically a a contract killer that is also trying to get into improv. And it's he, he he does he's I, I I love this man I love Bill Hader he he was the he was the he was his partner of uh, Trulio and the one that put together oh we're looking for an alien he's got so much goddamn range it's it's impressive to me he's hilarious when he needs to be when he needs to be serious it's a serious face I I I love that about that guy can you believe it he's the only one that actually oh besides Sigourney Weaver he's the only one that died in that film. No, John died. Joe, uh, yeah, no, Joe Trujillo died. Charles, he, no, was, he didn't. He was in the house when it exploded. Did you? Didn't you watch the end of the movie? Oh, was there after credit sequence? Yes. God dang it! I did not. Oh, uh, how? How did he survive? What's the explanation? Well, he looks like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but he's still like oh, my there. God. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the crowd. Goes like, I know these guys. He's all like deformed and disfigured. And I would not like have that. liked that if I had seen that scene. <laughs> and then yeah, you're talking about that's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Wasn't he also in Reno Nine One One? I wouldn't doubt it. He seems like he would be. Yeah, yeah. I think he's Andy Samberg, kind of an actor, kind of stuff. He loves doing the stuff like that. Yeah, and he has a very Tom Lennon, Andy Samberg vibe, where it's kind of I'm over the top because that's who I play. And I like him in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I think outside of that show, I would not appreciate his character. And in this movie, because it was so much like that, I was like, okay, you get a pass. <laughs> but I, I can't. He's one of those over-actors that is, is too far for me. Gen- generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. So, so you didn't like the whole bit about Bateman's uh, heel turn? Uh, face turn is what they call face it turn. in the industry. He was, he, uh, face turn. he was a bad guy that apparently turned out to be good. And I gotta say, uh, make sure you, you, you nail this. Every character has a certain role that they're meant to play, and they nail it. Every single person does a great job in the casting of what they're supposed to do. That that and, and maybe that's why this isn't a bad movie to me. It's it, it is still the worst of the Simon Pegnick Frost movies, but it's not a bad movie by any shake. Com- compared to the other ones, I like this the least. It doesn't mean I did not like it. I did enjoy it. Mm. 
and but I think a lot of it was because of what you were saying. I, and I was putting it mostly on Kristen Wiig, but as as you said that, no, every character, you're right. They they did what they had to do in a very tremendous way. All right. Feel better about yourself now? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the overarching story here is, uh, I guess, an alien crashes down onto Earth. Onto uh, Paul the dog. Kills a dog named Paul, which is where I guess he got his name. Then he gets captured by the government. He gets put through testing. They find out he has the ability to heal people, which, by the way, at the beginning, when as soon as he heals that bird, you know he's going to have to save somebody from dying. I, I thought it was Smoking gun? Yes. It was a very obvious thing to me. Did you, did you guys pick up on that at all? Of course. How about Cowboy? As your, as your first viewing of the movie, did you pick up on the fact that Yes, he healed a bird. That means he's got to save a life. Um, I, I I couldn't say I picked up on it. Um, I figured there was some meaning to it, but I didn't know that he was going to. I, I to be quite honest with you, when that was happening, I was like, okay, <sighs> that was early on in the movie. Okay, where he made the bird come back to life, and I Ended. actually thought I, I thought that was spectacular. <laughs> when, you made the bird come back to life, and they just ate it. Yes. <laughs> you don't want me to eat it dead, do you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, a dead bird. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was amazing. But uh, no, I I did not. But then I probably because I wasn't paying too much attention to it. Okay, it, I was just enjoying the movie and what I wasn't trying. This is the first movie for the longest time. I wasn't trying to figure out. Okay. Uh, the, the 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 meaning and where it was going and what was going to happen. I wasn't trying to predict anything. I was just literally enjoying the kerfuffle that was going on on the screen and enjoying the testicle juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, By the way, the guy that I was thinking of that's in Reno 911 is uh, Thomas Lennon. Tom Lennon, yeah. They they have very similar comedy styles yeah, and they look a lot alike as well. Not a lot alike, but enough alike that I, yeah. The mannerisms yes. are the same sometimes, Absolutely. yeah. That's where I got. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he he comes in and I guess he stole a car to to escape the federal prison. No. No? No. He he knocked out his handlers. Either way, he stole a car. What what, how, what is your take on that? So basically what happened was he explains this in the film towards the end. Uh, what happens was over the course period of the time he was in the, the government's uh, control or uh, what's it called? Yeah. Which was about 30 years, I think. Right. Yeah. Something like that. He, his, his, his knowledge of certain things was being portray- being put into uh, everything that it's American life from like, compact discs to ideas being put into movies for the same reasons the Spielberg and him are talking about it. So yes, basically in fact, we're led to believe that the ET's healing powers was inspired by his own healing powers. Exactly. When he was on the phone with Spielberg. Yeah, exactly. So um so basically up till about recently in this film where it happened he had given out all the information, at least technology, technology he can uh, spare for them. And they figure out, okay, so now let's, all that's left is his ability to do so, like healing. Uh, I don't even know if they know about the knowledge transfer. Uh, yeah. He didn't say anything about the knowledge transfer. I, don't think except so. for I think it was just exactly. healing. Yeah. Yeah. That being the case, I don't think they, he, in the 30 years, gave out that knowledge transfer to make life easier for them. I think what he did was he just basically verbally uh, said things for them to, to, to latch on to instead, giving him more time to do what he wanted to do. And he thought he was having a good time until then. Okay. I like um, how he can be invisible by holding his breath. <laughs> that was genius because, you know, as a kid, like, you're like I'm going to hold my breath. <gasps> right. You can't see you can't me. See me. Right. You can't see me. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was great. He's like, I can't hold my breath that long. <laughs> I remember I had cousins that would punch, <clears throat> punch me and then cover their eyes. Because in their mind, if I can't see you, you can't see me. I'm like, you're standing in front of me. I know you just you just punched me in the arm. What's what going on with you? 
<laughs> like, like, oh, how did you see me? You're standing here. Uh, I did have uh, issues with the invisibility by breath holding because there were plenty of times where he was, while invisible and holding his breath, speaking. Oh, you can speak and hold your breath. I can still speak and I'm holding my breath. You're I, expelling I, I'm, breath. But you know, I'm holding it. I'm not breathing in. I'm <laughs> expelling a little. Just, and that, oh, I can't do that. See, you didn't see me. You didn't see me while I was doing that. Exactly. See, I can do the exact same thing. Ready? <gasps> oh, Mesh's gone. He's right. But he's not speaking. So, therefore, if he was speaking, speaking. Oh, my God, it works. Oh, no, I don't see him. <laughs> this is Where'd amazing. All right. You know what? You've said a lot of things that changed my mind today. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> you, Adam. All right. Okay. I was wrong. And uh, global, matting, uh, global warming is real. Uh, so, uh, which uh, that was a bad joke. It is yeah, climate change. It's climate <laughs> You're right. Climate change is a better term for it. Yes. That's why it, it was like 104 degrees in Denver today, and Tuesday it's going to be snowing. Yeah, it was like 110 oh. here in in, uh, in California. Holy Seriously, Christ. we looked at the forecast in Denver. It's supposed to project to snow on Tuesday, and it was 104 degrees there today. Oh, all right. Yeah, so climate change is a better term. I've always thought that was true. Uh, anyway, blah. I, I, I didn't like the fact that he was talking while holding his breath. Uh, although I, I do enjoy the whole... Thing is, it bothers me with people that can be invisible, those superpowers, because basically that means they walk around naked all the time. Uh, but they made they, they made a good use of that at one point where he's running away naked, like oh my god! <laughs> I love how he comes back from being invisible, and he's on top of I can't remember which guy. He's like, what? It's normal size on my planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I also like the way they explained how he looks. Like, but you look like aliens are supposed to look. Why? Do you, why is that possible? Well, we've been slowly feeding you these images over the years, so that when you see us in real life, you don't freak out like you're freaking out right now. <laughs> that was a great explanation. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of thought that went into this movie. Obviously, there's a lot of also little nods to pop culture and sci-fi things, which which were nice. I just overall, I, I wasn't fully on board with the storyline. Really? So that whole bit, that nod with uh, with uh, Captain Kirk fighting the lizard monster in that one place on the way to the very no, beginning. No, see, I enjoyed those things. I, I enjoyed all. The, yes, that was that was, that was great homage to the <laughs> sci-fi realm. <laughs> he turns around, people, uh, run. <laughs> <laughs> what about the callback from the end of the movie where they were talking about that one uh, uh, author? Oh, yeah. And he was such a dick. And then the alien Paul, he's like, yeah, he is a dick. Where do you think he got all his ideas from? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he is a dick. Yeah. Which was, uh, he was the, I think, the dad from Rest of Development. I think that was huh? the guy. Yes. Yes, yeah. he was. Okay. Which I still haven't seen. Oh, I, I've seen part. I've seen enough to know that I, I, I don't. Which wasn't Jason Bateman in that as well? Yes, yes he, he was. was. Oh. When I did watch, what about Kevin Bacon? He was not. He was, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I'm just trying to that? find one degree to Kevin Bacon. No. Uh, <laughs> Joe Banks from Thirty Rock, the the the, the host of the Lego Masters. Uh, 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 Will Arnett. Will Arnett also in Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah, Batman. He's Batman. I love Will Arnett. Him and his Reese's peanut butter cup commercials. Sorry, okay. not sorry. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, so I, I think overall it was it was a it was a fun movie, but it, it left me uh, as far as the Simon Pegg Nick Frost level of entertainment. It was it was less than I was expecting. And I, we, I was talking to Maestro about this uh, before we started recording. Uh, he speculated, "I don't like Seth Rogen. Maybe that's the reason." I don't think it is. I think I like Seth Rogen. There's, there's a lot of things uh, that I like as, that he's done. There's a few that I don't like, but he's he's not in the realm of this is you're too much. If the alien was played by uh, Andy Dick, I would be out. Well, I don't think anyone would watch that movie if it was played by Andy Dick. But that's basically American Dad. The alien in American Dad is basically Andy Dick, and 
then I think that's why one of the reasons why I couldn't watch that film, uh, TV series, whatever. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about the movie that I didn't fully appreciate. I, I, like I said, it, it, it's still enjoyable, but at the end of it, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I don't need. What if it. there was a tornado that had sharks in it? Would you enjoy it more? <laughs> See, but that movie Seriously. bought in very early on. I am stupid. This is this is a stupid, stupid movie, and and maybe that's the the thing with this movie. It was it, it, it towed the line of being stupid and being realistic. I don't know. I, I just don't think you were ready for an adventure. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll the dice, man. <laughs> You're outnumbered this time, man. I, I I know I am. I know I am. And I'm I, like I said. It's fine. It's it's. I didn't dislike it. I don't have you guys' passion for the uh, positive in this one. So uh, give, give me some more parts that you enjoyed. Then parts that you you were just laughing out loud. Like, all right, this is this is why I enjoy the movie. I think one of the greatest parts throughout the whole movie was when Ruth realizes there's more than just God, and that she could enjoy life. She could enjoy fornication she could enjoy <laughs> cursing and she's able to do that her character changed from that moment on throughout the movie and her cursing and the phrases and all the every time yes. she spoke i was laughing my ass off yes her, her made-up curses they were oh my god so it was great like, weren't even connected in any no. way shape or form that i did i did enjoy that uh to, to me, it was kind of like if she she basically turned five years old, but instead of her upbringing in the Christianity of all that is God, it's now she got reverted back to before she learned about God, and then okay, now I'm alive, uh, I'm an adult, but now I know I can do all these things. Uh, turd ball sandwich, <laughs> what? No, <laughs> you may think that's a curse. It's, it's not. You're just. <laughs> saying weird things <laughs> but, she, but she was so good at playing it god damn it vagina so- juice <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was my favorite part of the entire movie for sure and, and maybe that's part of me growing up super Christian and uh, before the knowledge it was kind of the same for me I, I, was, did you relate? I was gonna say did you relate to this a lot I, I guess I did. Maybe that's why I liked your character so much. Because I was that on fire for God person before. And then later on, like, you know what? Maybe there's some questions I got to ask here. Uh, I didn't go as far as she did. But I, I understand the coming to terms with, oh, my God. Oh, no. This is my whole life. What? She went a little far. Scene, and th- that was funny this, to me. <laughs> the scene where he was talking to her out in front of the Winnebago. It was like, you can... You could do this. You could let loose and blah, blah, blah. You have all this knowledge now. And she's like, so I, I can fornicate and I can, I can have sex and blah, blah, blah. And I can touch and feel and blah. And he grabs her, his hand and t- puts it on her breast. And then she's like, and then she grabs his balls and she's just standing there holding on this thing for the longest time. You're yeah. Like, um, you, you can let go of that now. <laughs> See, and, and that, that's one thing I had issue with. If I was Simon Pegg, I'd be like, yes. Yes, you can. You can, you can do all those things right now. Follow me. But you're not. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the thing with with, with uh we're, we're led to believe these guys are, are nerds, they're comic book geeks even in the in the synopsis. If a girl like Kristen Wig, Ruth, comes up to you and is like, I wanna I wanna sow my wild oats, let's 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 do this, let's fornicate. You're gonna be like, Can you please remove your hand from my balls? Is that your really reaction? No. No. I don't care if one of her eyes is fucked up. <laughs> Keep the glasses on. Even even with that, it, she was still very attractive. Oh yeah, yeah. So a, a nerd in that position would not. Uh, can you you can let go now? That's, that's when, not the reaction. When in our life, okay? Because growing up, nerds, geeks, they were not getting the hot girls. No. Um, when in our life did that flip? Mm. I mean, because like, I mean, you think of Big Bang Theory, you know. I mean, right, Leonard, get out of here. There's no way you got a Peggy. 
Penny. Penny. All right. You're thinking of married with children, Peggy. No way. Uh, Peggy deserved. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, seriously, I mean, because Comic-Con came up, and it was all for geeks and blah, blah, blah. And it was just a bunch of geek guys that used to go there. But then all of a sudden, these hot girls started doing these cosplay things. And it used to be in Comic-Con, the hot girls that were there doing the cosplay, they were paid. Yes. When did it transform to hot chicks going, I really like geek stuff. I really want to be this character. I really want to go to this. Oh, you're a geek, Adam. I like you. Yeah. Uh, in, in my experience, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Although I did get my, my girlfriend now, which. Uh, Do you guys cosplay? Yeah. What, actually, what, actually, what is she dressed up? We went as uh, Bob's Burgers. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, what, you Jabba the Hutt and she's Princess Leia or what? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was Bob and uh, she was Linda. And my Did daughter you give her was the big Louise. boy? It was, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's big boy. No, it's. I, I do enjoy the fact that women have started being more comfortable in their nerdiness. I, I think that they've always been there. But it's it's taking a while for them to feel like they would be accepted by the community. But it also puts a weird strain on them because I'm letting my freak flag fly. Uh, I'm sorry, my nerd flag fly. And then all the nerds that are not used to this are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, talk to them. Do you think video games had a big play in the nerddom, the geekdom? I, Girls starting to get into gaming and stuff like that? Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. I, uh, I've been watching a program on, I want to say Netflix called High Score. Oh. It's about video games. Yes. Watched every season. Amazing, dude. It's, it's you, good. You stuff. need to watch it. Yeah. Have you no, seen it? I was, I was watching, I, I came in maybe a couple episodes in when Annie was watching it. And I start. I was just like, oh. And I was shouting out the things before they mentioned them. And she was like, oh, yeah. okay. I was trying to yeah. learn. Stop spoiling this for me. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Castlevania. Right. <laughs> What's that sound? That sound is Final Fantasy. And that was oh, yeah. Final Fantasy. I was like, I nailed it. I knew it. <laughs> and then there was a whole Sonic episode. Okay. All right. It's a great, it's a, it's a great series. Uh, I, I, I like the fact that nerdiness is not what it used to be. Thank God. But even so, in this situation, like I was saying, even if you are the nerdiest of the nerds, which Simon Pegg seems to not be that far, in that situation, you wouldn't please kindly remove your hands from my testicles. That, that, that was a weird scene for me. Let's go behind that bush over there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Do you think maybe it's because he's never had the situation and maybe he's really uncomfortable because he didn't know what to say? No, because we get the little insight between him and Nick Frost that he's always the one with the girls. I, I know, but I, I, I get that. Uh, but in their maturity in this movie, quote unquote, um, yeah, their level of maturity in this movie, uh, quote unquote, whatever. Um, I can relate to them when I was younger, thinking back to situations, uh, with a female, uh, where it's like, Oh man, had I known then what I know now, I would have played that so much differently. Right. Yeah. And it would have worked out so much in my mind better. <laughs> you know, but Yeah. 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 But but I equate my maturity mental maturity level from when I was sixteen, seventeen to these guys now in this movie. Yes, but these guys in this movie are our age now. I, I exactly, <laughs> and maybe that's why I couldn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as nerdy as I think I am because I think this level of nerdy is not a level I can attribute myself to. I I imagine myself as these guys when I was younger, but at my current age, maybe that's the times thing. Maybe it's just the way with the times. Maybe. I mean, things... but there's guys that are our age that act like this now. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's true. So what about the jealousy that Nick Frost had uh, for, first of all, for Ruth, but then also for Paul? He was like, he was a road dog. 
uh, for uh, Graham, uh, Simon I Pegg. get it. I get it. He felt like the third wheel. He felt like the afterthought. Like he was just there to drive the freaking Winnebago. They were on this adventure and he was just their chauffeur. He didn't feel like he was part of the adventure. Like he was just, you know, there. And I, he felt embarrassed because the first time he met Paul, something he dreamt of his whole life, <laughs> he ended up passing out and pissing his pants. <laughs> I love that nod back to that where he's running away. He's like, I didn't piss my pants. <laughs> right. And then eventually when he shows himself to two other guys, they knock out. See, they both passed out. <laughs> it was only just one yeah. of us. <laughs> it's great. Dude. Yeah. yeah. It's it a fun sci-fi movie for sci-fi people. I'm not sure if this does well with the – well, actually, it might do better with non-nerds because I feel like that's – what non-nerds see as these two people, like, yeah, those are nerds for sure. So maybe that's why I took issue with it. Because as a nerd, I feel like I would have handled it differently. I, I think you don't relate to them. That's why you don't get it. Because you don't know what a real nerd is. Not now. Ooh. Not now. You're right. I, I've kind of – I have more confidence now than I ever had before in my entire life. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this. You are a nerd. You are a geek. But I'm proud of it now. No, it's it's not that they were proud to be nerds and geeks. They were just they really were. nerds. They were real nerds and geeks to the point where they haven't matured. Okay, you're a nerd and a geek, but you have more experiences than they do because you've provided yourself with more experiences. They full-on nerd and geek to the point where the, the girls weren't they that's why everybody in this movie thought they were gay <laughs> i think that part of that might be because they were british that also may be a thing as ugly uh, americans see those like hey you guys are hanging out and you're too close i didn't see sigourney weaver being the bad person who i thought was the bad person was the bartender in that little podunk bar they went to oh jane lynch yes i was thinking <laughs> she eventually was going to be the bad person by the way jane lynch i have never found her more attractive than in this movie Which is okay okay lynch really jane lynch yeah the, the i don't know if that's saying a lot or not saying a lot she's I'm usually not. playing a non-attractive person that kind of is like overpowering but in this film she was very personable, and I found it like all right, all right. I was I was okay with it. Oh, he he didn't watch the ending bit, Daniel uh, Cowboy. Oh, oh. damn it! That's fine. I, I you gotta stop fast forwarding through the credits, dude. <laughs> I just assume if it's a uh, after credit sequence, it's gonna be a superhero movie. This was not. But did you not learn anything from like every other movie that had like? Yeah, superhero movies usually. Uh, not all of Except them. Except Ferris Bueller, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, he was superhero. <laughs> I mean, even Deadpool imitated him. Come I on. know. I know. No, I, I guess the. I, I think you're right. Uh, all three of us are nerds in a certain way, shape, or form. But we've experienced a lot of life where we don't. Uh, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I can't identify with these nerds anymore. I, I I could have maybe in high school, but these specific kinds of nerds, uh, geeks, whatever, uh, comic book geeks, it says in the synopsis, it it, it was cartoonish, and maybe I took offense yeah, to that. I, I agree with you. At this point in my life, in my situation, I cannot identify with them. I would still consider myself a geek and a nerd, strictly because of the activities and the stuff that I'm into. Right. And the stuff that I like to watch and do and whatnot. But um, as far as my fandom, my life situation does not afford me the ability to just take off to another continent and rent a Winnebago <laughs> and go searching for aliens. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate a lifestyle, but it's not something that I, I'm now accustomed to. 
if 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 I was single and didn't have a family and didn't have kids, I could see myself in this situation. Just you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said, if, back in high school, I, I could see Mayshore and I taking this this trip because in high school I wouldn't have met you, cowboy. Uh, but if I had you with you then, it would be all three of us. But it would definitely be Mayshore and I traveling, looking for. Uh, yeah, I guess aliens. That makes sense. I've done something similar uh, in my youth, uh, not for aliens, but for um, what's it called? Uh, monsters in general. Oh, monsters! Oh, yeah. okay. Don't you don't you do it like uh, you used to do a, uh, a haunted house mm-hmm. every year? Yeah. <laughs> oh, used man. to do a haunted house every year. Uh, I even did uh, went to this. Uh, secret club where we basically search for ghosts and monsters. Well, it's not a secret anymore. You just told us about it. You know where it is. It doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. Technically, okay. it's all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I know Cowboy's answer, but I want to ask you, Maestro. Okay. If uh, current current day, uh, mm-hmm. based, basically based on the age of the characters, if we were to mm-hmm. go to a different continent or, mm-hmm. or maybe even inside the U.S. to search for a certain thing, as the way these guys did for aliens, what would you be searching for? Oh, oh, so I would be searching for. Let's see. Have you ever heard of the guy that does like Destination Truth, where he tries to find all the monsters of the of the of the mythology and stuff like that? Never once. Oh, dude, you gotta watch that. <laughs> I, when I saw what that guy did, I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. Okay. So, I had you uh, pegged for uh, vampires yeah. somehow. That's just, that's just one of the many. I'm curious, Adam, what do you think I would go? Where would I go? And what would I be searching for? Oh, no. I had it. Come on. You said you didn't know. You know I had it locked be. in. And now now I've lost it. For, oh, shoot. I got distracted. I made sure to answer. I went searching for werewolves once. See that tracks. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! I should have said it beforehand because now I completely lost it. I had a very I, vivid I have, image. I have a ton of interests. I have like a plethora. Ah, oh, damn it! I don't know. I was one p- of my biggest interests. Okay, go ahead. Is ancient medieval times. So I would like to go to Europe and primarily Scotland and okay. castles. I want to learn more about, you know, medieval times, all which right. is probably why I liked Game of Thrones so much oh. and why I like um, a lot of medieval stuff. I, I can watch History Channel, especially when it has to do with, uh, you know, Wizard. Uh, I watched a program on National Geographic recently on uh, uh, is there women Scottish warriors? And apparently there were a lot of women Scottish warriors. So Merida from Brave is not far off, to okay. be quite honest with you. Uh, they they found uh, graves of humans, Scottish people, buried with their warrior status uh, uh, arrows, uh, arrowheads and swords and stuff like that, that turned out to be women skeletons. Oh. Female, female skeletons, excuse me, you know. Um, and so apparently there was a lot more women warriors in the Scottish days or the, the, the Viking days and stuff like that um, than, than people gave credit to. Okay. Archaeology. I, I freaking love archaeology, not just dinosaurs, but just history in, in general. You know, I just don't know enough about it, but I love watching programs on it. So if I had the if I was afforded the ability to go to school, and learn archaeology and get dive in and do all this stuff, you know, if I could find that Mr. Hammond to further fund my <laughs> investigation for a further 20 years, uh, I would be so into it. You know, yeah. that would that would. All right. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to dig up Do, um, Bob Ross and pick his brain on painting and have him teach me, you know. I feel like that's not archaeology, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the happy little trees, you know, I mean. Yeah, that'll be our secret. Uh, I, I, 
what I would do, current age, New Zealand, Lord of the Rings, the entire... Oh, I thought you were going to talk about sheep. Okay, no, go on. The entire Lord of the Rings, I want to see everywhere they went, all the things they saw, because goddamn, that was a beautiful spectacle. The, the huge shots... Now, aside from going to space, I mean, if I could go to space and see all the uh, Star Trek things, then I'd be down with that. But uh, real life, yeah, I'm Lord of the Rings. I got to I gotta see all the lands. The Shire? Come. Yes, I'd love to see the Shire. Uh, I wonder if that's still built in there, because didn't they build that into the hills and stuff like that in New Zealand, the Shire? I certainly hope so, and I will find out and let you know. As soon as I have a thousand million dollars. Well, as soon as they <laughs> let people from the outside back into New Zealand. Oh right, they're the best. They have no. Actually, COVID. I heard Uh-oh. they're not. Oh. Because the problem is, is, what I've heard the problem is, is they shut down their country, didn't let anybody in. They didn't have an issue with the pandemic, but the problem is, is they haven't built up any immunity to it. So once they do open up their borders, if they do without a vaccine. They're not going to have any immunity to it, so then it's just going to run rampant through. They're going to open up as soon as the uh, vaccine is built, and then no problem still. Not not even until <laughs> after the vaccine, and everybody is like, right. it's proven that the vaccine is, you know, exactly. working. Yeah. All right. Would so, you take the vaccine? Uh, not right now. First round? Well, no? it depends where it came from and uh, how long it's been tested and a lot of things. But then again, I'm not as paranoid as I used to be. So I might well, take, I heard, I, take it. I heard, I heard, <laughs> I heard a story that the the vaccine for COVID is going to pretty much end up being like the flu vaccine. Okay. Um, the the younger generation, the healthier people, they're probably not going to get it. But the older, more susceptible, more um, autoimmune deficiency, comorbid people are going to be push to getting the vaccine from their doctors because of their situation and their health that the younger generation, just like the flu, it's going to end up being fine, but it's going to be those older people, the people with uh, comorbidities and uh, autoimmune that don't get it, that are still going to end up just like the flu and dying. And this is exactly why Paul escaped. Because if they could harness his healing abilities, we wouldn't need any of this anymore. Do you to, like my segue? Yeah, I'm trying to bring it back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about this at length, but we'll do a random match for that. Okay, so any of the thoughts about the movie before we close out? Start with the rest of the the show, the games, if you will. We were watching. I loved Paul, it, right? Yeah, Paul. <laughs> we were watching Paul. It was your movie. Yes, yeah, Mistro, you son of a. Uh, anything else you like that you want to touch on? Um, I definitely feel like the movie touches on majority of pretty much the pretty much covers pretty much everything in that film. I don't think it misses any point, and there's a nice loop around at the very end. I don't know if you saw Adam. Uh, not after credits, but let's, let's circle around and go back to. It turns out the bad guy the entire time uh-huh. was Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And she apparently gets killed, but then not killed. And then... What do you mean doesn't get killed? She Basically, she was shot, or she was, like, incapacitated. And then, like, hey, we win. Everybody wins. And she comes back to life. Oh, no, I still got a gun. And then the trap door from the alien spaceship crushes her. Yeah. Knocks her out. Well, knocks her. Okay. Um, it squishes her, dude. It, it knocks okay. her into a thousand pieces. How about that? <laughs> Is that okay. better? It well, splats her like a bug. Okay. Yeah. And the first one, she was knocked out by a punch from um, Susan Sarandon. Oh, which is the mother. Yeah. Not the mother. Uh, just the woman. The mother of the dog. Yeah. Oh, of her sure. fur baby. How dare okay. you. This is a sensitive times, Maestro. <laughs> Yeah, so, by the way, I had issue with that as well. Why? But then I guess by the end of the movie, it was okay. The the fact that Paul killed this girl's dog, she saved him, and then he went away for a long time, and then came back. I honestly, God thought, when he came back to Susan Sarandon, she was going to be very upset, and no, I accept your forgiveness. 
and I hope you accept my revolver and it shoots him. I thought it was going to be a very kind of because the, the way she played it, it could have it didn't seem as genuine as I accept your apology. It seemed, it seemed more like yes, okay, I'm going to let you keep talking while I load my pistol and then shoot you. Well, don't you think that be, if that were the case, then she'd be much more happier to see them and trying to get him in a spot where he can just like hang out instead of running away and having him follow her instead? Right. See, that's the churn I was expecting. I was expecting Susan Sarandon to shoot Paul instead of John, uh, Jason Bateman being the good guy. That was that, That's what I was expecting. Okay. But I guess that makes it a good movie because I didn't foresee it. And it also makes a good move because Cowboy wasn't even trying to foresee anything. It was just watch the movie, enjoy it. So I guess it was fine. And that I did. All right. All right. So those are our opinions of the movie. Like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Let's hear from people who actually have credentials and also the audience. So we can play a Rotten Tomatoes game. This if you're not familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average scoring system from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience between 0 and 100. 0 to 59 is rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. So I'm going to read your views Ooh. and have you guess the audience and the top critic scores. Let's start with the bad reviews from the critics. So critics first. This is Eric D. Snyder from Film.com. The film has some laughs, but it also has a million jokes about anal probes, alien genitals, and people thinking Clive and Graham are gay. These guys can do better than this. All right, this is from Michael Phelps at the Chicago Tribune. Michael Phelps? Michael Phelps, yes. I'm sure he's not the same Olympic winner. What has happened to Peg? Why does he seem so smug? Why can't he relax and let the audience come to him rather than auditioning for our affection with every reaction shot? Wow. All right. Good reviews from the top critics. Paul Burns from Sydney Morning Herald. Paul isn't as ridiculous as early Peg and Frost movies, but it does have a certain sweetness. Everyone in its short, everyone in it, oh my God. Everyone in it is short of innocence, except Paul, the alien wisecracker. It's likable, if even, rather than hilarious. Oh my God. All right. Let's go to a, hopefully a better writer. Uh, David Edelstein from New York Magazine. A CGI alien is very well articulated, and Rogan is virtuoso at mixing motor-mouthed rudeness with a hint of tenderness to take off the edge. All right, good reviews and bad reviews from the critics. So, as far as the critics, the tomato meter, what do you think they rated this film? Hmm. Can I go first this time, cowboy? Please do. You shall. All right. Um, I'm going to go with... 45. This movie was not well known. It didn't take that much uh, acclaim. It was just a uh, comedy. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree that it probably wasn't that well known, but from the people that watched it, I want to say a little higher than that. I'm going to go 52. All right. The tomato meter for this is. Seven D percent. Wow, this is wow. fresh. Yes, Cowboy gets a victory. Interesting. All right, now for the audience. That was critics, right? The, yeah, that was critics. Oh wow! Here's the I, audience. I, I, I made my guess thinking I was doing the audience. <laughs> wow, the shit that's changing <laughs> everything here. now. All right, yes, it was fresh, not certified, but it was fresh by the critics. Here's the audience reviews. I picked two of each. This is from Michael V. Cool little film that establishes its own personality and attitude very well. 
a worthy sequel to Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, but perhaps the calmest of the three. Great film, though, and enjoyed it a lot. Next one is from Olga P. Unconventional. Very funny. This movie speaks to my <laughs> secular humanist slash atheist nature, as well as to a fan of old sci-fi, like I am. Seth Rogen's voice, Kristen Wiig, the two British comics are wonderful in this. Mostly, I loved how many classic sci-fi films are paid tributes in this E.T., Close Encounters, Star Wars, etc., Challenge your friends to see who can find the most movie <laughs> references in this one. All right, bad reviews from the audience. Johnny P. Oh, this is a long one. Paul started with so much potential and did not get much further than that. While it cleverly pays homage to many of the great alien movies, uh, Close Encounters, The Third Kind, uh, for the music giving advice to Steven Spielberg on the phone, it fails to establish itself as an alien movie in its own right. In fact, each F-word diminished my desire to continue watching. I love Samuel Pegg, uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but this movie sacrificed smart humor for crude language. All right, last bad review. This is from Ligia W., I was excited to watch the movie because it has a lot of my favorite actors and actresses. However, it is really not funny. The overtone of the movie is awkward and sad. However, it is not awkward like the office awkward, but like sad awkward. I don't know how to describe it, but I just couldn't sit through the movie. All right, those are the audience reviews. So based on that, what do you think the audience rated this movie? Would you like to go first again, Maestro? I would like to. Thank you. Uh, it is your movie, the, by, uh, by, by, by the way. Considering that the critics gauged it so high, and then doing this again, seventy-five. Seventy-five for the audience, cowboy. What do you got? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. This movie is rated fresh. With 62%. Oh! I was was thinking the audience was going to be more critical. A little bit. Not by much. 70 for the tomato meter, the top critics. 62 for the audience. I said a little more critical. Okay. A little. (laughs) Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We like to put them in the films because they make movies better, generally speaking. So... Who would you take out in this film to replace Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman? Okay, so for me, I would definitely take out the dad and make him much more of a... Uh, oh. I'll, I'll put Giamatti in his place. Yes. Oh, I would definitely. Okay, Ruth, yeah. Ruth is dead. The Christian, Bible-toting, yes. shotgun-wielding, yes. Yes. truck-driving. Yes. Okay. Correct. <laughs> and let's see, who else? Uh, oh, the cop, the cop at the gas station. Put uh, let's push old put Oldman there. Okay, interesting. Because make him threatening, but not too threatening, and have him for like a little conversation right there. I'll put him in there for that. I, I think I think it would be great to put uh, Gary Oldman and Paul Giamatti as the two rookie officers agents. Oh, oh. <laughs> the banter back and forth. One's an, an idiot, and one's kind of catching on. And <laughs> okay, which is the smart one? Which one's the smart one? See, Oldman that's that's a toss up because I think they both could do it. They could. That's a great choice. Holy hell! I, I think I think they 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 should play turns throughout the movie playing good cop bad cop. <laughs> Okay. Like their personalities flip back and forth. All right, all right. See, I, as much as I like Seth Rogen in the role, I would rather have Paul Giamatti playing the alien. And then, uh, I guess, no, Bateman was good. I guess I have the dad played by uh, Oldman. Yeah, these are best. See, I, I was on the same track as you. I was thinking Bateman, but. 
No, he's, he, he's, that, he's that role was perfect for he's, Jason Bateman. He's, he's too good. I can't take yeah. him out. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for trivia. It's a part of the show where I give you guys a little bits of facts of information you may not know about the film. Uh, I think some of these you guys already know. But Simon Pegg and Nick Frost came up with the concept of Paul while waiting out in the rainstorm on the set of Shaun of the Dead. They hand-produced, they handed the production to uh, Near Park, a sketch drawing of Paul wearing an FBI t-shirt, flipping off the viewer, which is what I think uh, Bill Hader had the picture of, with a caption in, in the U.S., everybody is an alien. Oh, it is the actual drawing that can be seen. All right. Simon <laughs> Pegg and Nick Frost made the film to demonstrate their love for Steven Spielberg. Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 77 and E.T. from 82. When Spielberg got wind of the project, he happily suggested he make a cameo appearance, which was the voice speakerphone, which he was talking to Paul. While researching the film, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost drove an RV along the routes Clive and Graham take in the script. During the trip, they stopped at a little alien. There's a lot of hyphens in there, but it's alien where they encountered a chatty waitress and some belligerent locals. That encounter inspired the scenes we saw. All right, during the sequence in the comic shop, an issue of The Boys can be seen on one of the racks, which is an actual series. One of the comic's main characters, uh, Hugh Campbell, was intentionally drawn to look like Simon Pegg. Peg wrote the introduction for that first collected edition of The Boys that would later appear in the TV adaptation on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen The Boys, it's a great series on Amazon Prime. It's a fantastic series. Superheroes that are kind of basically assholes. All right. Uh, the scene where Agent Zool, that's Jason Bateman, is in the car and is talking to the big guy, which is Sigourney Weaver, he ends the call by shooting the radio with his gun and exclaiming, boring conversation anyway. That is a direct reference to Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope. At the, at the 2010 San Diego Comic-Con, Seth Rogen admitted that he had consulted help from Andy Serkis for inspiration. Yeah. Andy Serkis uh, is the person that played... The Hobbits, or Golem. Uh, he played Golem in The Lord of the Rings. When makes the world go round? Let's put this film in perspective of the films that came out this year so we get a feel financially how, how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $40 million. What do you think this grossed worldwide between the U.S. and the foreign box office? Forty million. Uh, I know it didn't do well. I honestly believe that. Mm, I'd say it made sixty. Sixty million. All right, cowboy. I don't think this movie did well in the United States, but being that these guys are from overseas. I think it probably did much better in a foreign box office because it kind of poked fun at Americans. <laughs> and I have a feeling that, you know, especially nowadays, uh, foreign people love to make fun of Americans. Especially these days, yes. Um, I am going to say 110. In the U.S., this grows $37.4 million. In the foreign box office, $60.6 million, bringing the total to $98 million. Wow. Clean sweep for Cowboy. Look at you, man. That's two weeks in a row, man. Maestro, <laughs> you're off your game, bro. If Honestly, considering that this was my film, I am glad I'm off my game to know how well it did. Yeah. That, that should be extra depressing for you. This is your well, <laughs> The the last movie Cobra, I I ended up winning all three, 
but we were both really, really off our game <laughs> on all three of the guesses. I just happened to be slightly closer than you on the three of them. So I was pleasantly surprised at how much better that yeah. movie did than we guessed. Yeah, Cobra was a fluke. This is a legitimate win. <laughs> <laughs> this film debuted on February 18th, 2011 with $13 million. This was the 86th highest grossing film of 2011. Number one that year was a big franchise that involved a wizard. Harry Potter. And the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yes. The final Harry Potter movie. Unless you include the uh, monsters and whatever you call that. All right. That was 2011's Paul. (laughs) Weird movie title. Uh, Directed by (laughs) Greg Matola. Check out our website, Rat Pack podcast.com or Productions. follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show we got a YouTube channel Productions. write to us via email spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests please rate and view the show on Apple Podcasts so it helps us in the rankings so we might get credentials next Yay. week yeah, we don't have a movie chosen out yet nope, that's not true what do we pick? We do. That's we do. right. It is the Governor. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Is he running? He is running man. Oh, <laughs> right, man. No, he's the running man. Ah. From 1987. Buzzsaw. Oh, my God. This spawned a video game. All right. I'll get into it next time. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah until next time thanks for hanging out appreciate you guys listening until next time I am Adam I'm joined by Maestro and I was on mute sorry I'm Cowboy yay yay <laughs> <laughs>